it is wonderful to be back. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Gail, and I went to the same Bible school that Pastor LaShawn went to. So we met there. She was a couple years ahead of me and um, introduced me to her cousin right away. And her cousin and I were actually roommates throughout Bible school. So I've known her for about 20 years now and just love Pastor LaShawn and, of course, love Pastor Will um, and the solid word. You know, even as he was speaking and sharing about how you respond to the word of God, it, it, there's so many practical truths in the word that we often overlook and we don't actually you know, we, we sit and we say, oh, yes, yes, I've heard it before. But how you respond, how you receive the word of God makes all the difference as to if that word works in your life or not. So when we come into the, to a service or you open the Bible up in the morning or whenever you sit down to read the word, if you have your heart in a place where you say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to receive it. I'm ready to respond to this word. Then it makes all the difference. You start to see the breakthrough. Like when Pastor LaShawn danced, and then all of a sudden she sees the breakthrough come. There's an action because that says, okay, I have faith. Faith acts Faith responds, and many times we, as Christians in general, not this group, of course, but other Christians, they sit back and they're complacent and just say, oh, well, God will do it, you know, and, and they're, they're just resting and saying, okay, I trust God, I prayed, you know, God's going to do it, but they don't act. Faith always acts. There's an action with that. So whenever you pray, God will then have you go and do. Now, what that action is may be different for different people. But we were even speaking last night about what's going on in our nation and, you know, the things that we're believing God for and praying. And so we pray, but it's not enough. When you pray and you believe that the prayers you prayed, you then take steps of action. You get involved and the Lord will show you what that is that you are to do. What's your role that you play so that you do something? We pray for the city to be saved. But when I've been here and we pray, I know your pastors are soul winning pastors. It's not just pray that people are saved, but then you have to go out and open your mouth. You share Jesus with the people around you because you're believing that they're going to get saved. So you have to open your mouth. There's an action required on your part. You can't just sit in your room with the door closed and think God's going to miraculously save the city and not use you. And so it's the same with our nation and our government and every area of life. We pray and we believe God that this nation shall have a great revival again, that shall sweep the land, that this state, that this city. But what does that mean? It's not just enough to sit and to pray, but now you get up and you act. So what's the Lord telling you to do? What's your action that you do? And for some people, that means you start going to the city council meetings. You're going to start getting involved in different areas of government you're going to go out and you're going to sign the petition or you're going to go and share a truth about something but the Lord will show you what your action step is and for every person that's different but it's important that you act so if you're really praying God is speaking to you because prayer is a two-way conversation it's never just a one-way thing 
And so there's a lot going on in this world. And I even caught myself, uh, you know, a week ago, we have the elections and sitting back and talking with different people saying, did you see this in the news? This is what they're saying. That's what they're saying. This is what's going on. And all of a sudden it hit me. Wait a minute here. All I'm doing is talking about the problem. All I'm doing is listening to what the the enemy is saying, talking about the problem. You know, it's just like the people who talk about the mountain that stands in front of them. But the word of God doesn't say to talk about the mountain. The word of God says, speak to the mountain. When you speak to the mountain, then the mountain is moved. But you have to open your mouth and speak. Speak, and then the mountain moves. You can't just talk, oh, I don't like that mountain. That mountain is so annoying. That mountain this, that mountain that. And you have this annoying mountain in your life. And you're growing that mountain. The more words you speak, you're making that mountain get bigger and wider. So your tongue is powerful. Your tongue decides the course of your life. And the Lord has given you the word, the word of God. He says this word is sharper, it's alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. This word is living. The Bible is not just a history book. It is a living book, a living book. And every word the Lord has spoke is alive and powerful. His word is irrevocable. His word never returns back void, but always, every time, goes forth and accomplishes what he sent it out to do. So our job is to take the word, speak the word, speak to the mountains in our life. Don't talk about the mountains, but speak to those mountains. Tell those mountains to line up with the word of God because you have authority. The enemy is actually more scared of you than you can imagine. That's why he's throwing a temper tantrum right now. Because he is frightened by you. But the thing is, most Christians don't know who they are or where they're seated. They don't know their authority. I know you guys all do. Each and every one of you. That's why you're here this morning. Because you know who you are. But there's other Christians out there who don't know who they are. They don't know that they're seated in heavenly places far above all powers and principalities. They don't know that they have joint seating with Jesus right at the right hand of God. They don't know that they're seated at the thrones, that even though You might be the tiniest little toe, the lowest part of the Lord. Even if you were that lowest part is far above anything that the enemy might put at you. Any situation, any circumstance. Problems come in our life and in our world. Problems come in your family. Problems come in the workplace. Problems come in the economy. Problems come in the government. Problems will come. They've been coming since the beginning of time because there's an enemy. There's an enemy and his name is Satan. The devil himself used to be the worship leader in the heavenlies until he became so filled with pride that he was kicked out of heaven. And he immediately, from the 
moment he was kicked out of heaven, he had a hatred of anything that God would make. And when God made man in his image, in his likeness, mankind is God's crown jewel, his precious one. We are the only thing that when God created, he went, and he breathed life in us. No other thing did he breathe his own life in. No other created thing did he say was made in his image or in his likeness. And was given authority to take dominion over the earth. Take dominion. That's the God kind of life. So from the moment we were created, the enemy set out. Uh, he was going to destroy God's crown, God's precious creation. He was wanted to destroy us because we were made in God's image. And he was so mad. So he instantly goes into the garden and causes Adam and Eve to, to get distracted, to, to go and sin. And created this tension. Now that's why, you know, what's going on in our nation today is nothing new. There is nothing new under the sun. Some people go around and they're all paranoid because they think, oh my goodness, this is happening. It's only new to us in our lifetime, but it's not new to this world. This world has faced wars and government turnovers and takeovers constantly. It's not new, but God remains the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still on the throne. And you are seated with him. You, you think you're here, but you're not here. You're, you're really seated with him. You've got this, you've got like Google Maps. You know, I love going on the maps and even on our phones now. We got all this technology. You can zoom in, you can zoom out. You can go and see the whole earth view. Then you can go and go right down and see the street. What's right there on there? It's really amazing. Sometimes we stand here and I'm like, okay, um, so I'm in, you know, North Dakota, what do you think of North Dakota, Gail? Well, they got blue and gray walls, yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this is what I think I'm in. This is the view I have because I'm looking too close. But then you step outside of the building and you start to get a different perspective. You start to get up in a helicopter or airplane and you go, oh, wow, look at this. Well, the Lord says you have that kind of view of your situation. Do you think that it's a, a wall you face, a mountain you face, a problem you face? But the Lord says, come up higher with me. I want you to come up higher. Come sit with me. Open your spiritual eyes and see. For there are are more with you than are with them. There are more with you than are with them. In every situation, whatever you're facing, health crisis, financial crisis, whatever family problems, you are seated with him. He is your source and your supply. You know what the Bible says? If you lack wisdom, come to the Lord. Ask him for wisdom and he will provide it to you abundantly. He will give you all the wisdom you need. You have access to the one who knows everything. So whatever the problem you face, it's just saying, Lord, I ask you for wisdom. I'm asking you to help me open my eyes so I see what you see. And he'll give you discerning eyes so you see what's going on around you. 
and you have the solution. You have access to that one. You know, I remember one time, um, you know, that this probably isn't a, a great advice here for some kids. You can close your ears, but um, I, I decided I, I got my, had got went for to get my real estate license for a short time when I lived in Florida, and I tell you, I was studying. And I started taking the practice exams, and they were horrible. I did horrible on all the practice exams. I thought, you know, you got to know all these, like, little details of, I, I don't even remember now. It was too long ago. But I just know I sat there, and I'm, like, failing practice exam after practice exam. And I'm like, this is not going to go well. And I've got the test date coming up. So I went in for the test, and you sit at the computer, you're alone, you're not, you don't have anything with you, they're like really super secure about how you take your real estate exam test. And I sat there, and I read the question, and I looked at the answers, and I said, I don't know what these are. <laughs> I said, Lord, you got to help me. Holy Ghost, I know you know the answer to this question. And I would sit there, and I'd say, which one is it, Lord? Is it A? And I'd pause. B? Is it C? Okay, C, it feels good. Is it D, Lord? No, okay, I think it's C. Yep, I'm going to go with C. Okay, C. And then I'd read the next one. Oh, my goodness, another one. God, all right, Holy Ghost, help me. I know you know all things. Holy Spirit, what is the answer? And I literally took the whole exam like that. I came out, and I thought, oh, my goodness. What on earth? And I, I looked at the lady, you turn in, they never tell you ex what your score is, but they tell you if you pass or fail. She's like, okay, you passed. And I was like, I passed? <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Jesus, I passed the exam. I only passed because I know the one who knows all things. I know the one who knows all things. You don't have to know everything in your own ability because you have access to the one who knows all things. Many times we become discouraged because we are, we're watching the news, we're watching TV, we're talking to people, and our perspective becomes this negative thing. We, our perspective on our health can become negative. You go to the doctors and they give you this terrible report. And if you sit and you study whatever negative report it is with your health, with your finances, with your family, with your job, with your nation, whatever it is, if you focus on that, that's what becomes bigger. Sometimes you just need to connect with him. Because if you connect and you spend more time in the word of God, you spend more time in his presence, then you have those answers. And then the problems, they're not that big because you're not talking about them. You talk to them. You speak to them. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. So I just wanted to say hello. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5 and verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The word of God works. The word of God works. So there may be problems and difficulties in life, but there's always a solution. And the word of God works.
God has done everything possible for you to have victory. He has done everything. Jesus came. He came in human flesh. Jesus walked on this earth. He was tempted in every way, the same way that you or I or any human being would be tempted. He felt what we felt. He knows what's going on. He never sinned, and he carried out to the cross. He went and suffered. He was beat. He was whipped. He was bruised. He was crucified. He died, but the good news is he rose from the dead. He was resurrected. He ascended to heaven, and he, he said that he, he redeemed us from every curse of the law. Amen? Amen. So every victory. And Jesus set this up. God wanted us to be victorious. Many people live a life where they're up one day and down the next, up one day, down the next. But the Lord doesn't have that for you. He says he wants you to be victorious. He wants you to triumph in every area of life. That doesn't mean that challenges don't come. It just means when the challenges come, you're guaranteed victory. Because there's no victor if there's no opponent. If there's no opponent, there's no victor. When I just voted, I laughed on one of a, we, we voted for a lot of judges in my district in North Carolina. I think I had a vote for like, there, there were like 20, 20 or 23 different judges that we had to go through different court districts, whatever. And there were 12 of them that had no opponent. And I thought, why are you even putting them on the ballot? They don't even have an opponent. Like, they're automatically the winner, but they're not really a victor. How are you a victor if you have no opponent? That's not, that's not a challenge. So the Bible says challenges will come. Problems will come. But you are guaranteed victory. You have victory not because Jesus died, but because he rose again. You have victory in the resurrection power. Many Christians leave Jesus on the cross. And they, they all the time, you know, they just go ahead and, oh, poor Jesus. Oh, Jesus died for me. Oh. Poor Jesus, oh my goodness. And they sit and they cry, oh Jesus suffered so much. He suffered so much for me, which is true. But they stay there. They don't go on. The, yes, the, the cross is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Because then Jesus went on and he rose from the dead. And he said he conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered poverty. He conquered every problem that you could face in this life. He won that victory. So it's okay to go to the cross and sit and cry. But then you got to get up. And you've got to celebrate. You have to dance and sing and praise him for what he's done for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 2, 6 says that he made us sit together in heavenly places with him. Ephesians chapter 1. It's one of my favorites to go to. I actually, I really love the book of Ephesians. It's a great book. Ephesians chapter 1, and in verse 17, Paul goes on to pray. 
And he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So this is a good prayer for you to pray even over yourself. Because God wants to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know, it's interesting that Paul writes a prayer. And here it is thousands of years later. And we're still praying that prayer that he wrote. He didn't write, oh God, make life easy. He didn't say, oh, you know, just give me this or give me that or whatever. He didn't say any of those things. He didn't say, make me rich. He didn't say, uh, you know, he, he didn't list anything that you might think of just in the natural. He says, Father, give you, to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He wants your eyes open your spiritual eyes open, that if you can see what it is that God sees, you see through his eyes, your whole, the, the whole landscape of your life changes. When you start seeing through his eyes, sometimes people see, but they're wearing sunglasses. So everything is tinted, it's dimmed, it's not a proper perspective. But you take those sunglasses off and then all of the sudden you see with more clarity. You know, have you ever tried playing a, some game on your phone and you have the phone all the way down, the, the brightness all the way down, and now all of a sudden you're, you're messing up because you're not seeing clearly, you're not matching things right. But then you brighten the screen and you go, oh, wow, look at this. Well, the, Paul is saying, I pray that you would be filled with wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding would be opened, that you would see with spiritual eyes, that you would have eyes of discernment to see beyond what's going on in the natural realm. Because if you know who you are, this is where your authority is. So there may be situations that are difficult, but you have the ability to speak to them. 1 John 4, 17, the second part of it says, because as he is, so are we in this world. Many people say, what would Jesus do? But Jesus is not dead. It's not what was. What is he doing? He is alive. As Jesus is, so are we. We are as he is. What he conquered, the way he walks and lives, that's what we're becoming. The grace of God, the power of God is to live as Jesus is, to be led by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit comes just like a sculptor. If somebody comes and they take the clay and they put the clay on the wheel and they start to shape it and they might be looking at something and saying, I want it to look this way or look that way. And they start shaping the clay based off of the model that they're looking at. And that's how they're making the decisions of how to shape it. But then, so they make a, a, a complete duplicate of it right there, looking at it. So the Holy Ghost, he has come to empower you, to fill you up, to comfort you, to teach you, to shape you, to 
transform you, to mold you, to help you look exactly like Jesus. Jesus walked on this earth as your example of how God looks in the human flesh, but he is. It is not he was. He is. The Holy Ghost is now with you. Once Jesus was glorified, then the Holy Ghost came, and you as a believer have the Holy Ghost inside of you, and he's shaping you, conforming you to look as Jesus looked. As he is, so are we. You are, you already are, you are healed, you are whole, you are, you are already blessed, you are already healthy, you are already um, a victor, you already live holy, you already live pure, you already are in wealth and riches, even the Philistines are jealous and envious of you because you are blessed, amen? You are, as he is, so are we. As he is, how in my God, it's changing our perspective on things. We have to renew our mind, and our mind becomes renewed with the word of God so that we are overcomers. We are overcomers, not just conquerors, but more than conquerors, more than conquerors. Thank you, Jesus. Not becoming as Jesus was, but becoming as Jesus is. We live now. He is now. Faith is now. Now is the time for faith. Now is the time for the joy of the Lord. Now is the time for victory. Now is the time for healing. Now is the time for your best year yet. 2020 year yet over. 2020 may have looked rocky, but 2020 is your best year yet. What the enemy meant for evil, God is turning around and working for your good. While other people lose a job, you will get promoted. While other people get, get the, their stock of go down, your stocks will go up. I just heard a testimony of a young businessman, and he said that 10 years ago, he made a really bad decision, bought some stocks. He puts like, he puts a lot, whatever, I don't remember the amount, but he put a lot of money down, and he said that he watched that stock go down, 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 and he just kept watching. He was like, oh, Lord, please forgive me, and he said he's been praying you know, the last several years, just God, and forgive me, I should have prayed first. I didn't pray, I just invested, and that was a really bad investment. Lord, you've got to do something. You have to help me out here. And then he said that this, uh, you know, COVID comes now. You know, he's a salesman, and he's like, you know, what, what do you do when you're, you're they do door-to-door -door sales? And he's like, but we're told we can't go out door-to-door, -door, you know, with COVID and everything. He's like, this is really rough. And he goes, his wife comes to him and says, hey, I want to buy my dad a new truck. Could we buy my dad a new truck? And he's like, well, sure, let's believe God for it. Let's believe God that the money comes in. And he goes, the money comes in, then we'll, we'll go and do it. So he said, between my wife's faith that she wants to see her dad blessed with a new truck. And he said, his prayer saying, Lord, do something about this stock. This is just really horrible how this it's gone down and everything. And he said they kept praying. And he said all of the sudden, the company that he had the stock in was bought out by another company. And on that same day that it was bought out, the stock went way up in value. It went up from like $4 to $25 or something like that, a, 
a share. And he's like, my goodness. He goes, it went all the way up. So he quickly went. He quickly sold it, got the money out. And he said they had enough money to go buy the brand new truck for other things. Her dad, they had enough money left over that they were still able to save and do other things with. Of course, they tithe. They're tithers. They're givers. But he said with their prayer, with their faith during a COVID season when sales are down and other things are going on, that God still hears, hears your prayers. He still honors your faith. That's why you don't grow weary in well-doing because the answer in him is yes and amen. You just keep your faith steadfast. What goes wrong in other people's life, that's not your portion. Your case is different because you are not of this world. You are an ambassador of heaven living in this world. Your case is different. Amen? You have favor. When other people are losing their buildings because they're going bankrupt, you're going to pick up a building and you're going to get it pennies on the dollar. You're going to have an amazing deal. When other people lose a home, you're going to get a home because you are blessed and you are highly favored. Amen? You're positioning yourself in him because of how you walk. How are you handling your life right now? How do you handle this situation? And when you choose to handle it the kingdom way, when you choose not to talk about the mountain but speak to the mountain, when you choose to declare that God's promises are yes and amen, then you will have that. Aren't you glad to know that when in Jeremiah where he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, the plans that are good, a hope and a future and peace in your final outcome. Aren't you so glad that the scripture didn't say, well, I used to know the plans I had for you, says the Lord. But then COVID came. And I just, I don't know now. All those plans have been thrown out the window. God's plan for your life has not changed. He says that he has good plans for you to bring you hope and a peace in your final outcome. He says he has a good plan. It doesn't matter what the plan of the enemy is. It doesn't matter what the plan of this world is. God's plan for your life does not change because God does not change. He says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has hope for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. As he is, so are we. G John went on to describe Jesus in Revelations chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. He, uh, he says, his, hair, his head and hair were white like wool as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. That is John describing the glorified Jesus. As he is, so are we in this world. As he is. When people look at you, when they look in your eyes, they see heaven. When they hear your voice, they hear the tones of God. When they feel your touch, they feel the presence of God come upon them. When you walk in the room, you change the atmosphere. Because as he is, so are we. You are a carrier of the things of God. As he is, so are you. 
The same resurrection power that is in Jesus is in you. You don't have the DNA of your dad and mom. You are, if you're a child of God, born of the spirit, then you have the DNA of heaven. His blood flows through your veins. So tell me now, what's your medical history? What did mom have, grandma have? Because this is what, um, nope, my medical history, my family, I'm telling you, it is perfect. Nobody ever had heart disease. Nope, nope, nope. Nobody had problems. No glaucoma, no diabetes, no blood pressure problems. Nope, nope, nope. Never had that cancer. Not in my family. Doesn't run in my family. I tell you, we've got good blood, good DNA. No matter what comes, our immune systems are strong. They fight off every sickness, every disease. Oh, yeah, because my, my immune system, it was built by the king of kings. He made my immune system in the image and likeness of his. Can you believe that? I have an immune system of heaven. That's what you have. That's what you have. You know, I might step on a couple toes right here about COVID and all, but I want to tell you that you are a carrier of him. If you are a child of God, you are going around carrying the kingdom of heaven with you. When you will not, you, you, you got to claim the word because if you don't know the word, then yeah, there is an enemy. That's why you're a victor. That's why you're a conqueror. That's why you're an overcomer. If you don't know it, then it simply means dive in and get it. Whatever area you struggle in your life, dive in the word of God and say, Holy Ghost, teach me because I never saw Jesus sick. You are as he is. You carry the atmosphere of heaven. When you walk in the room, you bring healing in the room. When you walk in the room, there, that, that health should flow. That coworker of yours that had a sniffle, when you walk in the room, they should say, oh my goodness, I, I, I feel so good right now. I feel energized. What was that? Can you walk by my desk one more time? Because I feel so good because that's the only thing they're going to get from you because Jesus didn't carry cancer Jesus didn't carry leprosy Jesus didn't have the flu he couldn't give them a heavenly flu because there is no heavenly flu so Jesus brought them health and healing you are as he is you are as he is you are what the word of God says you are by Jesus stripes you are healed by Jesus stripes you were healed. If you were healed, if you are healed, you will always be healed. The child of God is to walk in divine health. Divine health. Because that's what Jesus purchased for you. Your salvation is all inclusive. When Jesus died and rose from the dead, he conquered sin, death, poverty. He conquered all of it, sickness, disease. He conquered all of it. Every mental illness, schizophrenia, all of that's a part of the curse of the law. You've been set free from that. That's not your portion. You walk around in the right mind. You have the mind of Christ. You are the head and not the tail above only and not beneath the word of God dwells in you and flows through you you are him his word is living Jesus is the word of God made flesh you want to spend time with Jesus you don't need to go look any further than the Bible you don't need to go search out a prophet and have somebody prophesy. They might prophesy you right out of the will of God. You better make sure you're hearing from Jesus yourself. Get in that word. Study that word. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of the saints all the more as that day is approaching. 
all the more. And that's why the government wants to shut down churches. They don't want you to be coming together because they don't want your mind renewed with the word of God. They want to wash your mind with their paraphernalia, their propaganda, all of their rubbish. But God has victory for you. In any communist nation, they've always had to get rid of the Bible before they can take it over. Because the Bible is what stands in the way from letting them have their plan. Get in the Bible. Every time you open it up, don't sit like you're reading a history book. Open the word and say, I thank you, Jesus, that I'm sitting here with you and that you're taking the time to talk with me. You're taking the time to pour wisdom into me. And I value this time. I value this time. Nothing will interrupt this time. That's why coming for prayer meeting at 515 in the morning is amazing. Because you don't have people calling you at 515 wanting to talk about this and talk about that and whatever else. You don't have a soccer game you got to take your kid to at 515. You don't have, you know, you, there's nothing going on at 515. So you're able to sit and say, God, I'm here for you. And my heart and my spirit is open to hear from you. Speak, Lord. Show me, and he will lead you through that word. The Holy Ghost is the best teacher. Many times we're like, oh, who's my teacher? Who's my mentor? Who's going to help me? You have the Holy Ghost. You have the spirit of the living God. You want to downgrade and get a human being? Come on now. Go in your room, shut the door, open the word of God, pray, worship, talk to the Lord. Tell him, I don't understand this. Holy Ghost, show it to me, teach me. Why did you say this? You know, when I was searching for God, you know, I, I got a Bible. I got this read the four gospels in 30 days book. You know, I was in high school trying to see if God was real or not. And I just was like started reading this thing. I got annoyed and I started telling the Lord, I said, Jesus, you acted like that. Oh my gosh, you're supposed to be love. And here you are. You are so rude. And I just told God I was real. I was looking though. I was sincere. I wanted to know if he was real or not. And so I was just plain real with him. But I tell you, God can handle that. He is not overly sensitive. I know here in America, people are so politically correct. They get offended about everything. Well, I tell you what, the Lord God Almighty has some pretty thick skin. He is not offended or hurt or unable to respond to something that you say. And if you are sincerely speaking to him, he will sincerely answer you. Amen. And then he's going to teach you to toughen up. He's going to teach you to get some thick skin so that you're not offended because someone didn't look at you the right way. Someone didn't say hi. They didn't come by and pray for you. When they prayed for you, they just said, Jesus, and kept going. And you said all of that. I came up for the prayer, and they always said, Jesus, <laughs> filled. And they didn't pray for 10 minutes. I like those flowery prayers. You know what? Some of that's so emotional. So emotional. You're in your soulish realm. Emotional. One touch from Jesus. One touch. Where in the Bible do you see Jesus praying long, flowery prayers? Nowhere. Even Paul's great prayer was like three scriptures long. Three scriptures. Now it will take you maybe, you know, if you talked really slow, maybe one minute. 
one touch. It doesn't take God long. All it takes is a heart that says, I'm open. Lord, I'm ready. And then when the Lord touches you, he will speak to your heart all the words that no human could say. And you will know that the Holy Ghost talked to you. One touch from him. One touch. He'll pull out every hurt, every wound of your past. He'll pull it all out in one touch. And you will walk away free. You will walk away filled with joy. Some people want to go to the psychologist. If you want to, go ahead. But they want to sit and they want to hash out. Go over it again, over it again. Let's go back. Where did it start? Was it in your teenage years? Wait a minute. Maybe it was in your childhood years. Ten years later, you're still seeing the psychologist. Still don't know what the problem is but you're wounded you're hurt everything's offending you well there comes a time where you say I am not that person anymore I am a new creation all things are old are passed away and I've been made new I am new in him I have the mind of Christ my skin is thick I am not easily offended can you imagine Jesus easily offended every time he got up to preach they tried to push him over a cliff they wanted to stone him they're talking bad about him he's claiming to be Jesus then they lie about him they couldn't even find an accusation so they had to bring liars to his trial to go and lie about him Jesus had some thick skin he knew what his purpose was he wasn't phased by what people around him thought about him if you are loved by everyone you are not doing what the word of God said. Some people want unity, 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 but you cannot be united with the Antichrist. You cannot walk in oneness with those who are against God Almighty. There is unity in the spirit because you're of the same spirit. If you're not of the same spirit, there is no unity. So if everybody likes you, you're probably not speaking the word. If nobody at your job knows that you're a born-again Christian, well, I feel bad for you. Because everyone around you ought to know that you have an alliance with the king of kings. Everyone ought to know that you are in covenant. Because even with Abraham and you look that, 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 that all their servants were blessed. And you look from generation to generation until the Philistines are envious. Envious of the Israelites because they're so blessed. Your life should make those who serve the devil jealous of you. They should be looking at you so jealous of you because the hand of God is on your life. Blessing every area of your life. Everything you put your hands to prospers. That's the way of the Lord. If you don't like prosperity, then I'm sorry. You're serving the wrong God because our God is a prosperous God. He even paves the streets with gold. He didn't use concrete. He didn't get any pavement. He went and got gold. Our God doesn't have a problem with money. The enemy has a problem with money. And that's why he wants all of yours. Because he doesn't want you walking in that blessing. But you are so blessed. The word of God says in Malachi, if you are a tither, the God says, test me in this. 
if you if, if you are if you don't rob me in your tithe and your offering, if you give, if you give tithes, if you give offerings, oh, he says, watch out. See, see what I'm about to do. Because I'm about to open the window of heaven. I'm going to pour out a blessing in your life that you don't even have room to contain it. When you step over into that realm, the Philistines of our day and age will be jealous of you. When you step over into that realm, and I'm not just talking finances. Finances, yes, but your family relationships, the way that your family walks in love and everyone gets along and all these other families are falling apart at the seams. They're going to look and say, look at the hand of blessing. Look at how your kids are loving. Look at this. Look at the joy that they have. Because you know that during the crises that are, we've faced in these last few years, billionaires commit suicide because they don't know what to do. They have money. Money's not all about money. The blessing isn't money. Money just comes along with it. But the blessing is peace of mind. The blessing is joy. The blessing is health. The blessing is that your family is blessed and that you walk in peace, you walk in love, that you are favored everywhere you go. When you go for the job, they look at you and they go, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to hire you. And you know what? Everyone else, we just decrease their pay in half. But, you know, I really feel like I ought to pay you the full salary right now. And I, I don't really know why, but we're going to do that. And when you make room for the Lord, when you make room for the anointing, when you refuse to grow weary because you apply his word, you stand on his word, you speak his word, then the blessings chase you down that you were not even looking for. Amen. 2020 is your best year yet. Amen. God is going to set you up, bringing you into 2021 like you've never seen before. If you keep out, you whatever you are expecting, whatever you are hoping for, that you have with earnest expectation, that is what the Lord will give you. So set your expectation. Start talking to the Lord. What is it that you are believing God for? What is it that would happen in your life that will make you say 2020? was my best year ever because it's not over yet. It is not over yet. And, and I tell you what, God is also a God of the last minute. No, he has no problems. We're the ones who want everything taken care of months in advance. We want our, all of our ducks in a row, but the ducks never get in a row. So we just need to chill out, relax. Ducks never get in a row. You never can herd all the cats. So just... You know, just chill. Just trust the Lord. Speak his word. Be a doer of the word. Be obedient to the word. And start praising and thanking God. Because when you praise and thank God, it's like putting rain on your seed. You put a seed in the ground, but it doesn't germinate because there's no water. But then you add the rain to that seed, and that seed begins to sprout. And so when you are believing God, you're doing all you know to do. You're praying. You're speaking the word. You're confessing it. Put a little rain on it. Get yourself a little dance in your step, a praise, a thanksgiving, and give it to the Lord. And that's like putting that rain and watch your miracles. Watch the things you're believing God for start to come to pass. Everything takes place first in the spirit. 
and then it comes and manifests in the natural. Even Daniel, Daniel prayed. Daniel said, you know, God always answers prayer. Always. Every time. Without a doubt, God, God answers prayer. And so Daniel said, what's going on? My prayer wasn't answered yet. I haven't heard from God. There's a problem. Well, the problem's not with God. Searches his own heart. Problem's not with me. And he says, okay, then. I'm going to continue on, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to pray because I know God is faithful. So if you haven't seen the manifestation of what you're believing God for, don't give up now. Many quit just before the breakthrough. Many drop out of the race just before crossing the finish line. Do not grow weary in well-doing. Keep the joy going. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know what? And God responds to joy. Who is it? Like you go to the court and the judge is sitting there going to make a judgment and you're, I'm a judge. You get I'm a you cry and cry and cry and the judge just looks at you like this is not how it works we don't make decisions based on tears we're looking at the facts and we've got to go ahead and look at the law right here so when you come to God God is about to make some decisions in your life and he's gonna birth some things in your life so you come to him with your word and you come excited and you say because you've got I mean he's on your side Jesus is your advocate you've got Jesus as your attorney you might as well go in singing and dancing and praising him that you already have the victory because you do you do you're not going to the throne of God as a defeated lousy worm a little loser worm no you're not you are not just saved many people say but I'm saved by, I'm just you know a sinner saved by grace just a sinner saved no you're not you know what happened it's like you have, you, you, you know, somebody in business, they've got, they're, they're in the black when things are good. They're in the red when it's bad. So they got a financial debt. They're in the red. The red is so bad. They're in the red. But then what happens? Somebody comes and they pay off their debt. They pay it off. So now they're out of the red because the debt's been paid off. But they're not in the black. They're just out of the red. Many Christians who don't know better just get out of the red. They live as a sinner saved by grace. But what happens when the one who pays off your debt gives you extra money and says, this is yours, this is yours. Now you're in the black. And that's what Jesus did because he didn't just get you out of going to hell. He gave you on top of that. He says, here's life, life for you, eternal. Here's health for you. Here is blessing for you. Here is wealth and riches for you. Here is wisdom for you. Here is family for you. Here is this. Here is this. Here is this. You have gifts of the spirit over here. Here is the Holy Ghost. You have more than enough. Here it is the comfort here is the teacher. Here it is. Here are workings of miracles. Here are our words of knowledge. He keeps adding to you, adding to you. So your slate is not just clean. You don't go to God on that level of I'm just a lousy worm that was saved by grace. No, you're not. You are an heir of God. Start standing up and walking like the king and the queen that you are. You are an heir. Do you know how insulting that is to God when we're like, oh, I'm such a lousy worm. Oh, how could you love me, God? How could you love me? And he's like, what are you talking about? 
What are you talking about? I don't have worms as children. I only have heirs to the throne of God who are clothed in righteousness. He says, you have the mind of Christ. I made you the head and not the tail. Stand up straight. Put your shoulders back. Put your chin up. You should stand tall. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You were born to win, born to overcome, born to be victorious. No matter what goes on in this world, it does not affect you because you are not a resident here. You are a resident of heaven. You are temporarily here on assignment. Your assignment is to take territory. Your assignment is to take those 10 pegs out and expand them. God always wants his children to be blessed. He's not coming back for a church that shrinks back in fear, that hides in a hole. He's not coming back for believers who are afraid to let people know that they are children of God. He's coming back for a bold, glorious, strong church that is healthy and clean. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's you today. You are a part of the victorious church. You are a part of the glorious church. You are a part of the family of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you close your eyes for just a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for each and every one here. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Holy Ghost, that you are the counselor. I thank you, Lord. You're the comforter. You're the giver of wisdom, the giver of peace, the giver of joy. You're the one who sets the captives free. I thank you, Lord God, that you have portion, a portion for each and every one here. I thank you, Lord God, that today that they can leave with their cup filled up and overflowing. That there's no reason for anyone to leave here sad or depressed. No one to leave here feeling half empty. But today is the day God wants you to see yourself as he sees you. Clothed in righteousness. Seated in heavenly places. Where you are an overcomer. Where every situation you face you are the victor. Because he's given you wisdom. If you seek him first. You seek him first. He directs your steps. He'll order your way. He will warn you about danger before you get there. He'll show you the way around it because you will face battles, but he'll give you the way out. He'll give you the way around. He'll give you the victory. He'll give you the victory. He'll speak to you just like he did with, with you know, he, he spoke to many in dreams and warned them, warned them of things to come and God will speak to you. He'll warn you and he'll show you the way out. Whenever the word of the Lord comes, it doesn't leave you in doom and gloom. The word of the Lord comes and it energizes you. The word of the Lord comes because it shows you that there is a good answer, that there's a way out of the situation. And the Lord has a way out for you. That you don't need to stay where you're at. Whatever it is that you're facing, God has more for you. He has more for you. And he's going to show you the steps. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And as you submit, as you obey, and you say, yes, sir, I honor you, Lord. I might not understand, 
but I'll obey. Watch the Lord move the mountains in your life as you simply obey. Simply obey. And those that surround you will look at you in awe and wonder and wonder how you came out on top. They'll wonder how you had that favor, how you got that deal. They'll wonder how, and you will be able to tell them because of God, because of the hand of the Lord, because of the hand of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that even right now, things in people's lives, you're sweeping it out of the way, you're cleaning their slate, and you're putting on them uh, on their slate a new a new a, a new uh, um direction, new steps to take that are going to lead them step by step into victory, that you didn't just clean the slate, but you put on there the desire of your heart, that hope, that future with the peace and the final outcome. You put it on their slate that they're able to see. For those who see the vision can run after it. Those who see the vision can run after it. Those who see the vision can run after it. So just allow the Lord to start showing you the vision. Don't shrink back saying that can't be. I'm not qualified. I'm not enough. Don't shrink back and answer the Lord and say it cannot be so. Say instead, just like Mary, I don't understand how a virgin can have a child, but I trust you and I submit to you, Holy Ghost. Have your way in my life. Do not limit yourself. The Lord says ask above and beyond all you can ask or think, and he's going to do that for you. So don't limit Limit the Lord. Allow the Lord to do exceedingly abundantly in your life and watch him turn your life around so that people stand in awe and wonder of what was done in your life because they know you, they know where you came from, and the Lord is lifted up and the Lord is glorified. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just for chance, I want to ask if there's anyone here that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you've never asked Jesus to come in your heart to be your Lord, to be your Savior, then today is your day that you can know that he is the king of your life, that you're a part of the family of God. Or you may be here and you have received Jesus in the past, but something's happened. Maybe a catastrophe took place, an illness, a disease. Maybe something just happened. Crazy. And you fell away from the Lord. It caused you to get distracted. And you just felt like you couldn't come back. You can't get back to that place where you used to walk with him passionately. Today is your day. The Lord says <laughs> he's ready for you. He still has those good plans for you. Those things that happened in your life, your situation, haven't changed the good plans that he has for you. And I'd like to pray with you and for you. Or you could be here and you, you've prayed many times and said, God, come in my heart. But the devil lies to you. The devil's trying to keep your eyes blinded so you don't see yourself the way God sees you. You see yourself the way the devil sees you, the way he wants your life to be. And you, you just think there's no way you're going to get to heaven because the enemy keeps lying. Well, today is the day that you can have that broken off of your life where your eyes can be open and you can see the hope of your calling, the hope of the calling of Christ in your life.
So if you fall into any one of those three categories where you want to receive Jesus for the first time, or you want to come back to your first love, let him set your heart passionately on fire for him again, where you can hear him in your quiet times, or you want to just stop the lies of the devil, raise your hand right now and I want to pray with you. Just raise your hand if you fit in any one of those categories. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see. I see that hand. If you could all just look at me. If you didn't raise your hand, but you want me to pray with you and for you, just raise your hand up now and say, include me in that prayer. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. If you raised your hand, just stand to your feet, please. If you raised your hand, please just stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you stand, just stood up. Please come, come here. I just want to pray with you three, please. Thank you. The Lord has good things for you. He's got a good plan, a good plan for you. Today, all of heaven is rejoicing over each and every one of you. Nothing the devil can do can hold you back from what Jesus did. Jesus already did so much. Just close your eyes and we're gonna all pray together. This is a prayer that fits all. Raise your right hand to heaven where your help comes from. And just pray with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to die for me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead and he's coming back for me. Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I submit to you. I allow you to direct me and correct me. I receive you as my savior. And I thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life that I'm on my way to heaven. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the word of God. Teach me your word. I turn my back on the world and I run to you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that I'm saved, I'm forgiven, I'm born again, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guess what? Because you prayed that prayer and you meant it. Right now, everything of old is washed away. You are a new creation, 
and the Lord looks at you and he sees you as that heir to the throne of God. You're seating in joint seating with Jesus Christ. You're far above every principality, every power, anything the enemy would try to throw at you. You are far above that. And he's put inside of you the Holy Ghost. When you've received Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. And he comes and he lives on the inside of you. And he will teach you, he'll lead you, he'll guide you.